Today we're going we're gonna to continue in our Navigating Strange Days series. And th- this is probably my favorite way to study the scriptures, to be honest. I, I, I don't know why I like it so much, but it, I, I love taking a look at other people's lives and what they got right or maybe what they didn't get right and looking at the, I mean, God gives us, you know, one thing I love about the scriptures is God doesn't like avoid the weirdos. You know, I mean, he really doesn't. This whole book is full of really weird people. Uh, If you feel weird, feel included. Because God is a God that has, he, he never, if, if there's sin involved, he speaks to it. If there's strangeness involved, he speaks to it. And so, so today, as we, the Navigating Strange Days uh, series is about looking at people's lives. And, and you know, we, we often refer to life itself uh, much like a journey, right? Like this road you see. We refer to it as a journey that has twists and turns. And every journey has, has twists and turns and things that, went well and things that didn't go well. You hear it in songs. You hear it all the time uh, that, <clears throat> that, that life is a journey. And every journey has good things and every journey has really strange things. And today, you know, we're going to talk about a topic that, that is really kind of close to home for all of us because you're just not going to go through life without loss. If you go, you're going to lose a job, you're going to lose... Uh, a girlfriend or a boyfriend that you thought might have been the one, you're, you're going to have a time where you may go through a divorce. You're going to experience the death of somebody that you really loved in your family. It's just not possible to encounter the journey of life without what we're going to call today navigating loss. L- loss is an ever-present reality of life. But I really believe that you can navigate it and navigate it well. And today I'm going to talk to you about this lady named Naomi. Now, this is a really unique story. Um, it's, It's from the book of Ruth. And the book of Ruth is four chapters. So you you can turn there if you want, but but you're just going to have to, I'm going to tell it to you today because there's just, listen, you could probably read the book of Ruth in 30 minutes, max. Uh, it is an amazing story and you would be a wise person today to take 30 minutes and just read through Ruth. It, it, it could be a movie, man. It, it, it is a really unique thing. And, and, and if you read the book of Ruth, you're going to come to the, to the same conclusion that I did. And that is that God always has a purpose for your pain. God always has a purpose for your pain. Now, that purpose may not be evident for a long time, but God always has a purpose for your pain. And so let's talk for a second about this lady named Naomi, okay? Naomi is a lady named, uh, she's married to a guy named Elimelech, right? And, and so for whatever reason, they move out of the land of Judah and they, they move to Moab. And when they get there, it, it, maybe they already had them. It doesn't, we don't really know. But they have, her and Elimelech have two sons. And those two sons, as, they're grow, as they grow up, uh, they, get, they get wives. And, and one marries a, a lady named Oprah. And the other marries a lady named Ruth. And all is going well. But somewhere along the way, 
in the years of Naomi's marriage to Elimelech, he dies. I mean, this guy, this guy dies. So now she's a single mom. Um, she, she, somewhere in the, along the way, her, her sons get married. And then 10 years after, after uh, Elimelech dies, her boys die. I mean, she's lost her entire family that, I mean, I, I can't imagine. We're talking loss. This, this, I mean, there's small, medium, large, and extra large. This is like triple extra large loss. I mean, it is, it is, it is loss on the highest level. And so, so Naomi makes a decision in her journey, in her twists and turns. She makes a decision that she's going to go back to the land of Judah. She's going to go back home, Right? And, and so she, she takes uh, with her, she, she decides, I'm, I'm just going to go, I've got people there. I mean, it's not, it's not a bad thought. I mean, why, why not? I, I have nothing left for me here. I'm just going to go back to the land where, where, you know, where I'm familiar, right? Now, every journey has twists and turns. Every journey, if you've ever been on any kind of expedition, any kind of vacation, or any time where you kind of were gazing into the, to the unknown, you're going to make some, or you can, you know what, you can look back on your life, and you can look back on your career path and go, eh, that was not a good turn. I made a wrong turn back there. Well, Naomi makes some wrong turns and some right turns, and one of the first, one of the first wrong turns she makes is on the way back to going to, to Judah, she starts to isolate herself. She makes an attempt to do it. And I would say to you, friend, when you're going through a season of pain, whether you're going through a, a lost job, maybe the company has been sold, or maybe they're just eliminating your position. A lot of that going on right now, where companies are trying to navigate um, revenue and, and they, they're, they're, not, they're not as, as in surplus that they were pre-COVID. And so people are, are losing jobs a lot. Small businesses are folding at, at near record levels from what some reports say. And and so maybe, maybe you've gone through a really strange season with a breakup. I can tell you, never isolate yourself when it comes to seasons of pain. I can tell you that as a minister, as a guy that's walked with people through all kinds of different losses in all kinds of different ways, I cannot tell you how... It's not 100% because very few things are, but I'm telling you, more often than not, when people experience loss, one of their first senses of reaction is to withdraw. It, because that sin that they were hoping was a secret isn't so secret anymore. And that led to the marriage problem. And the marriage problem led to the divorce. And the divorce was when the small group found out at church. Or you've got some, some thing happening in you. Some, something, some, someone died or something was cut off in your life. Maybe you feel like God abandoned you in a situation. And so one of your first responses is to isolate yourself. And I'm telling you, it's a very normal response. However, it is single-handedly one of the worst things you can do. And Ruth, in, in the book of Ruth, Naomi tried to do that. And so in, in, we, the way we know that is what she says to her, her, her two daughters-in-law. So she's on her way back to Judah. And, and so she stops somewhere on that journey and she says to, to Ruth and to Oprah, go 
return each of you to your mother's house. She, she sends them on her way. Hey, you're free, man. You don't have to do this anymore. May the Lord deal, deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me, meaning you, you have taken care of me and I'm going to release you from that. Now, Oprah, for whatever reason, she says, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll go on. I'll go back to my mom. And <laughs> you don't really hear much about that anymore. But, but there's a different response from Ruth. Now, Naomi tries to isolate herself, but Ruth doesn't let her. And so that's where a wrong turn becomes a right turn. Because so, Naomi could have just pushed back hard, and she did. But she ended up making a right turn. And the right turn in that journey was that I would say to you, stay near God's people. When, when you are in a season of any kind of loss, small loss, big loss, do not, do not pull away. Push into the people of God. So this is where you get that famous passage. You hear it read at weddings all the time. It's just out of context. Uh, it, but it's that famous passage, Entreat Me Not to Leave You. Ruth tells her mother-in-law, Naomi, she says, Where you die, I will die. And there I'll be buried. And thus may the Lord do to me and worse if anything but death parts you and me. And when she saw, and so that is when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said no more. Meaning she stopped saying leave me alone. She accepted that, that, that Ruth just wasn't going to leave her mother-in-law. Now, Naomi pushed back to stay isolated, but... But inevitably, she stayed, she was going to be back home, but God had put people around her, right? God had put people around her, and so Naomi ended up using that gift. So on the way back to Judah, she gets, she goes back to her home, and that's a, a picture of, of the land over there, and, and, and so she, she goes back on her journey back home, and inevitably, in that journey, she she gets back to Bethlehem, and, and as you would know it, you know, there's people that remember her, and, and hey, that, isn't that Naomi? And there, it says the town kind of went into a stir, right? And, and so people begin to ask questions, and, and, and there, there's recorded uh, an interaction because when, when, when she goes back to her home country, now grief has set in. And she begins to ask some very deep questions of the soul. And pain will do that to you. Pain will force you into places mentally that you maybe haven't gone in a long time, if ever. Pain is, a, pain is, an, is an amazing emotion because it can cloud judgment it can, or it can make things come to the surface that were always down in there. Um, Pain's just an interesting, it's an interesting aspect to it. So as she's navigating this, this loss, searching her soul, she begins to ask some questions. And one of those things comes up, uh, and it's found in, in Ruth 1. It says that the women said to her, is this not Naomi? So she gets recognized. And, and, and so Naomi says to them, do not call me Naomi. And this is pretty heavy. She says, call, call me Mara. That means bitter, by the way. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. 
I went out full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has witnessed against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. And so this lady doesn't even want her name anymore. Boy, that's, that's some kind of pain. See, back in those days, names carried way more weight. I mean, I'm just Jason, right? It's just what, what people call me. Names carried significant weight. She went so far as to change her name to reflect how she felt with God. I mean, this is, this is, a, this is a lot of, this is a heavy soul in this time of loss. And so she, so there, here you see that, that Naomi actually, she makes a right turn in the journey. She makes a proper turn in the journey. And, and, and that proper turn she made was that, that she knew God was the author of her journey. She got that part right. Notice she said, the Almighty has dealt with me. The Almighty has witnessed, even though against me. She had enough wherewithal to know that God was up to something. So that was a right turn. She made a right turn in, in that regard. But here's where she made a wrong turn. She made a wrong turn in, that, in, in assuming that she knew God's intent for the pain. That's where she made the wrong turn. She spotted that God was doing something, but she assumed she knew that his intent was just to be against her or his intent was just maybe he's done with her, right? So when it comes to a season of loss, maybe your season isn't tragic. Maybe your season is this, you've just gone through loss. And by the way, if you haven't gone through it, you will. If you haven't gone through it recently, you're going, it's coming your way, friend. I'm telling you, loss is coming your way constantly. That's, just, that, that's the reality of life outside of Eden. Outside of Eden, life is full of really high highs and really low lows. And in between, is just everyday living. And you're going to experience that. So you've got a, a way you can confront pain. You can do it one way. One way is to see that God is disconnected from my pain. You, you can, and listen, there are a lot of people that do that, that think God is disconnected from my pain, meaning that, you know, it's, there's a lot of people that I've encountered in my, my life that it's not that they don't believe in God. They do. They just think he doesn't care. They just see him as distant. They just see him as unaffected that he doesn't blink, that he, he lives up in the cosmos and just kind of lets us do, that's kind of a deist approach. He just kind of lets people, lets fate have its way. But if, if you read the God of the scriptures, well, you find a God that is very, very, very involved. And so that you can see that God does have a purpose for my pain. If you read the God of the Bible... God is intimately involved in everyday life. If you read the God of the Bible, he is very much involved from Genesis to Revelation. We see one of his characteristics is that he doesn't just leave life to chance. There's no such thing as chance with God. God is a sovereign God. <laughs> the God. The God of the Bible is a sovereign God. So you can think God is disconnected or you can realize that God has a purpose for your pain. But I want, I want to get into something right now and I I want to, I want you to listen to me really closely for a second. I mean, I mean really. Because I'm going to take a pretty big risk right here. 
And that, that doesn't make me a hero or some bold guy. It, it, I'm just going to talk to you in a way that is going to be really hard for you as an American Christian. An American Christian. And inevitably, you're going to fill in the blank or you're going to run the risk of hearing me say something I didn't say. So don't, don't assume, don't, don't, don't overthink it, don't, don't, go, don't let your mind go down in the weeds. Just track with me for a minute. And I think you're going to come out on the other end of this thing with a lot better understanding of the character of God, maybe. There, there is... When, when, when we take Naomi's story and we put it over against an American story. So if you take Naomi's story and you, 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 you look at it through the lens of an American, it makes that story really hard to understand. Because let me tell you, a line of thinking in American theology that is, that is prevalent in the church. I, and you know when I say that, don't you? I'm not talking about just clearview. I'm talking about the church with a capital C, the church, the church of Jesus Christ. In America, there is a line of thinking in American theology that is a belief system. It's just not a biblical belief system. It doesn't come from... It, there was a transition from as the God of the Bible hopped the ocean into Western thinking. There's a line of thinking that if it came from God, then it can't be bad. God never is the author of struggle. God doesn't bring bad into my life. That's just, And let me tell you, by the way, if you've listened to Christian radio for the last 20 years, or a lot of, Zach and Alexis and I talk about this all the time. I'm not saying all of Christian radio. I, I, I don't mean all radio, and I don't mean all worship songs. But just start taking note in, in the, of what you're hearing in, the, in Christian music in the last, let's say, 20 years. Not all. There's a lot of great songs out there. But there's also a lot of songs out there that when you listen to them, who is God? He runs after me. God is there to help my pain. He makes it better. They paint this picture of God as this cosmic BFF right? Best friend forever, who, who is this almost like a Santa Claus, right? Who, who just is there to, to just make everything a lot more cushioned. And I think even in the church, we, we, we've perpetrated that. And the problem is, it's not that, does God seek to make my life better? Sometimes, yeah. Does God, is God there for me as a comforter? Well, yeah, of course. But let me tell you, you will never, ever see an Old Testament Hebrew tell you God isn't the author of struggle because they certainly saw him as that. That wasn't a threat to them. And hear me really clearly. An Old Testament Hebrew wasn't threatened by the fact that God could bring blessing and he can bring struggle. He owned that right. And as Americans, that is really hard for us to understand. 
Now, let me tell you why that matters so much in Naomi's story. Because as an American, it's really hard to think that God would bring struggle. Because we think of struggle as bad. We think of stress as bad. We think of being squeezed as bad. God would never do anything to set me back. But here's what you got to understand looking at the lens of Scripture, not the lens of how America has told you to look at Scripture. And in that line of thinking, understand that God never gave a human being the right to define good and bad. Now, I want you to sit on that for a minute. God never gave flesh and blood the right to determine what is good for you and what is bad for you. Now, true, we have the right to spot righteousness. We know good and evil. Yes, 100%. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruits. We, we, uh, we can spot righteousness. But Americans in general, we have a tendency to see bad in things that actually might not be bad at all. You see, Naomi made a right turn that she spotted that God was up to something. She just assumed that what she was going through was bad and that God had left her and deserted her. So now, now Naomi is just there with her daughter-in-law, Ruth. It's just her and Ruth. And they're navigating life together. And they're going through it together. And I'm sure it was lonely for the both of them because Ruth wasn't married either. Ruth experienced a lot of loss too. And I'm quite sure that there were many years that Naomi felt like God had left her. In fact, I would say that Naomi is sure at this point in the story that God has left her. But God is sure that he has never been closer to redeeming Naomi. She just couldn't see it. So there's a turn in the story where there enters a man named Boaz. Now, Boaz is a single guy. He's not young, but I don't think he's old either. And Naomi goes, her and Ruth kind of realize that he's part of the extended family on distant down the line. And, and somehow he's, he's got some connections to their family and, and, and he, he's, he owns some fields. And so Ruth, the daughter-in-law, Ruth begins to go and, and she starts working in those fields and, and Boaz spots her. And he's like, wow. She's kind of different. And he gives her a lot of favor and he, he gives her a kind of a, a cloud of protection that nobody can harm her and nobody can be mean to her, he starts to, he starts to find favor with her. And so I'm not going to tell you how all this goes down because there's so many interesting parts of this story. And I really want you to read it because I'm telling you, even for dudes, I mean, this is a cool story. Uh, but in that, somewhere along the way, they begin to have eyes for each other. And Boaz marries Ruth. And it is awesome. They get married and they have a son. And they name him Obed. Now that means servant of the Lord, right? So that matters. Obed, now, so now Naomi has a grandson. Life's getting a little better. Ruth has a husband. But Obed 
grows up and Obed ends up having a son of his own. And that's going to matter. Because his son was named Jesse. And that matters a lot. Because it was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah that out of the lineage of Jesse, it says in Isaiah 11, that a shoot, offspring, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. So, so Ruth has a son named Obed. Then she has a grandson named Jesse. And that matters a lot because Jesse's going to grow up and Jesse's going to have some sons. And one of those sons is a boy named David. And David is going to be the most monumental king that Israel's going to have. And that matters too. Because it's, it's prophesied something about David. And I want to read it to you from a time of somebody else's struggle. So fast forward many years. And there's a young man. And he's really struggling too. What, how can it be good what he's going through? Remember, God has a purpose for your pain. So what you may call bad, God may not see as bad at all. So this guy's going through a pretty hard time. God has set in front of him a mountain to climb that he's not sure he has what it takes to climb it. Or that maybe he even wants to climb it. And so this guy goes into a dream. And in that dream, it tells us in the first chapter of Matthew that the Lord comes, and this is what he says. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Decades before, centuries before, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. See, it was prophesied that from the lineage of David would come Israel's Messiah, and David came from Jesse, and Jesse came from Obed, and Obed came from Ruth and Boaz. Without Naomi's loss, Israel doesn't have a redeemer. Without Naomi's loss, I do not get 
you do not get an invitation into the covenant people of God. Without Naomi's loss, the world doesn't have a pathway to redemption. God has a purpose for my pain. Hey, listen, as you go away today, do do something for me. Seriously, I want you to take the rest of the day and I want you just to ask the Lord, God, reveal to me who, who in my circle of influence, I don't care if they live in your town or they, they work with you or they, they're three states away. Scan your life. Have, have you, do you have any friend or any acquaintance that has experienced a setback this year in the last 12 months? This is going to be on the podcast app, on the iOS, on iPhone. It's going to be on YouTube. It, you'll have access to share it. And maybe, just maybe, you could be a missionary And you could put the word of the Lord in front of somebody that might be desperate to hear that God has a purpose for their pain.